0: Hey everyone, I'm Amy Swift-Crosby, and I'm a copywriter.
1: And I'm Hilary Laffer, I own a creative agency. We're the Brandsmiths.
0: As brand strategists, we've spent our careers working with big brands, small brands, personality brands, cult brands, helping them be true to their mission.
1: We love doing it so much that we started a podcast.
0: And we also got tired of people asking for free advice.
1: Because really, there are a ton of great shows unpacking how people made it, but not a lot that pull back the curtain.
0: Right, to help them with the challenges they're facing now. Our conversations aren't interviews,
1: they're work sessions. Each week, we roll up our sleeves with a different business owner or founder to help them think in ways that allow their brand to support their business.
0: Because branding isn't logos or marketing or empire building, It's the thinking that informs everything you see and feel about a business organization or even a person.
1: Our work sessions are unfiltered, unscripted, and all in real time. So our hope is that you learn stuff and that this isn't the podcast you use to fall asleep. That's the Brandsmiths. Let's get to the show. This week, Leo Knight, the founder of Neighborhood Nerds. I got something for you today. What do you got? Well, and it relates to our guest in a way. So I've had a recent experience with Apple. I love Apple. Obviously I have all of their stuff at the studio. I have the phone, the iPad. So I needed a new machine for the office and I'd had a business advisor and it's all supposed to be the streamlined process and they make it easy. It was the most painful process that took over two weeks, but all of my loyalty over the years allowed me to forgive them. Anyway, mm. you and I've never talked about anything that relates to this type of branding, but well, it was on my mind.
0: It sort of speaks to having that a brand's investment in goodwill puts enough in the account that when something goes wrong because inevitably customer service or products or whatever are faulty, you know, makes you forgiving. It's a, it's like a relationship. I mean, it is a relationship, and there's so much earned good feeling that you can take a little out and it doesn't damage the lifetime value.
1: It was a blip. Mm -hmm. It was two weeks of me trying to just place an order, but in the end, they're still my guy.
0: Yeah. I'm hoping my kids feel the same way about me. (laughs) Do you you know what I had to to tell my 10-year-old the other day? I had to lower the boom on something that I had been thinking about for a while, but there's something about this pandemic where the veil has been lifted. Like, we're letting them watch movies. Like, all the parental controls seem to have left the room. And I'm not sure if it's because we're always in the same room, we're always just at home, or what has happened. But she is a child who wakes up every morning with a need to explain her dream.
1: (laughs) So... That meeting was not on your calendar, I'm guessing. Not
0: only that, but I've noticed... They are detailed and they they do go on. I I want to be the kind of parent who says, gosh, that's really interesting. Let's unpack the symbolism of that. Tell me more. But instead, I found myself explaining to her, even though we're her parents and we will always want to listen to her dreams, as she gets older and she wants to share with people outside the family, (laughs) nobody wants to hear about your dreams. And I'm looking in the rearview mirror of the car. She's looking straight back at me. Didn't miss a beat. Can I keep telling you the dream? (laughs) Literally no damage. Nothing. As a responsible parent, you know, you need to be empathetic to a lot that happens throughout the day and also just make lunch and stuff. Well,
1: buy her a journal.
0: You know what? Maybe that's the key. Should we get to this show?
1: Okay, so this week, Leo Knight with Neighborhood
0: Nerds. So Leo Knight has invested about a million dollars in his company Neighborhood Nerds that helps people with computers, audio, Ring Central, you know, all the stuff that makes you want to pull your hair out basically. These guys either come to your house or advise you by phone and not only solve the crisis of the day, but they really help you figure out what tech to buy, how to set it up, how to use it. Because the reality is, like, your remote control is way too complicated, right? (laughs) I know mine is. Uh, Right now, Neighborhood Nerds has a storefront in Knoxville, three tech advisors, and a membership program that provides three levels of care, either all remote or you visit the storefront or the nerds come to you. So the business is powered by tech-savvy college students with great people skills and patience for lots of customer handholding. Okay, that would be me. But the branding challenges seem real. Leo says potential customers or members are never looking for this service. They usually want a geek squad style help in the moment of crisis. And of course, they're David next to the Goliath in tech support. So how does a lesser known player compete with the likes of Best Buy? How can he communicate that they're different? He wants to franchise, but the brand may not even be ready.
1: So this is is the issue. Yes. I get this. It kind of reminds me of when you need a great mechanic, like someone who you can trust. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, we compare it to mechanics a lot because it's similar. My my wife said it whenever I I would come in from my day job and I would, uh, because I I do uh, industrial controls. So I'd come in from my day job and the kids would be complaining because they couldn't print something and the TV wasn't on the right channel and the internet, Wi-Fi was out upstairs. So before I could sit down with a bourbon, You know, I had to go around and fix all of these things. And one night, uh, 10 years ago, my wife said, what do normal people do that don't have a nerd like you in their life? And I was like, neighborhood nerds. This would be a great idea.
0: (laughs) Well, Hillary was mentioning when we were talking about you yesterday that it used to be that Somebody in your household needed to basically know how to unclog a toilet, deal with a faulty disposal, change a tire. Yeah, change a tire. These were sort of the expectations. And if we're being sort of gender traditional, that was often the man who did it. Now, I know plenty of women whose men don't know how to do any of those things and they do all of it. But basically, somebody had to own the fix it prior to the handyman coming. Now, Our houses are wired and programmed, and we're using so much technology, and yet people are sort of expected to fix these things on their own, and that's just not reasonable.
2: Right. So I I didn't want to just build another IT shop. Normal IT shops are working off this break-fix model. So they get paid when something you have is broken and when you're sad and you have to call somebody that you don't know to say, hey, can you fix my Apple TV or my Wi-Fi or my printer or whatever. And you're trusting this person to come in and actually take care of that problem. And then they're going to charge you a bunch of money. A lot of times they're charging you more than the device actually costs, which, you know, people complain about that in the automobile industry also whenever you're getting a repair done. So... I looked at it and said, what could we do differently and why does that problem exist? So the engineer in me kind of kicked in and said, okay, what if we could go in and do an additional discovery visit and audit, you know, of what who their internet service provider is and what kind of hardware they have and software they have, understand who they are and where they're coming from, and then set them up for success and kind of give them like a punch list of just kind of like the inspection report from an auto mechanic. Here's your red issues, your yellow issues, and your green issues red issues we need to take care of immediately, yellow issues are someday, and the green issues we're willing to work with what you have. Got it. And everybody loved it. Like, like, if I could talk to them directly and tell them about it, they're like, man, this is exactly what I've been looking for.
0: Yep. Well, obviously we all need it. So is the exit strategy for you franchising? Is that the idea?
2: Uh, franchising right now would be the, the immediate path forward and then eventually maybe like a VC on the way up would buy them if we get like 45 50 franchises
1: okay great
2: the operations portion the the business model is no problem We have inside nerds that work in the member center so you, if you look at a member center it's kind of it's a retail storefront that looks kind of like a Apple store slash coffee shop slash neighborhood bar it doesn't look like an IT shop at all it's, it looks like a place you'd come in and just hang out.
1: Oh, I love that.
2: The remote help nerds are in the cloud. They can be wherever. The outside nerds that are dispatched to go to a person's home or office is all handled by corporate.
0: Um, If you had to distill your question down to a sentence just because you are such a good operator that, yes, all we have to think about is brand with you. If you had to distill it down to a sentence, what would it be?
2: The problem, the thing that we're struggling with on the marketing advertising side, the name is kind of cool, Neighborhood Nerds. Most people see that and go, oh, I bet those are some nerds that are in the neighborhood. (laughs) We're like, yes. (laughs) But they're looking for a fix for a problem, a cracked iPhone screen, a malware on their computer. So we're telling them, yes, we can fix that for you. But the problem is, if you were a member, you probably never would have had this problem in the first place. What keeps me up at night is maintaining culture would be one thing. So we have this really cool culture that was established by me and my co-founder. The other thing is being able to redirect people when they discover us from the break-fix model. We want to get to know you and then we want to uh, prescribe the right solutions for you. And we don't ever want to be in that relationship where you're sad when you're calling us because something's not working. We want you to be happy calling us that you want to do something new and cool with this whole Internet of Things and all the new stuff that's coming out.
0: Oh, God, these are such good problems. <laughs> Please tell me that your T-shirts say, who's your nerd?
2: <laughs> you know, that's that's been the most effective. We sent out a thing saying, uh, do you need a nerd, question mark, and then call or text this number. Like, nothing with neighborhood nerds on it, anything like that, but just a postcard with that on it. And people contact us going, Hey, I got this thing and I think I need a nerd, but I'm not even sure if I need a nerd. Maybe I need a nerd. How do people find you? So they find us on social media all the time. And we get people that say, I found you, found your website when I did a Google search for tech support. Um, I found you on Angie's list. And then they say, we found found you through your uh, Facebook page or Instagram. We have a YouTube channel for multiple things. We're great Mm -hmm. at creating things. And solving problems, we're not great at explaining to the world who we are and what we're about.
1: So I the thing that I love is every single thing that you've told us so far is totally authentic. It came out of a real life experience. And like you're already creating differentiation. I think maybe that differentiation isn't being extended and embodied as much as it could be, because in our world, branding is education. It's getting the consumer to feel what you want them to feel. And I feel like so much of what you're saying is creating that feeling. Like, I love, do you need a nerd? Like, that's an amazing statement. And that's super compelling. And you've already said that people have responded to it. But in order to create Mm -hmm. differentiation, we also need to know how audiences feel about your competition. That's that break-fix model. We have to carve out space in the minds of these audiences that they need that nerd in their life. Like that that actually, absolutely is something that they can't live without. Is that resonating?
2: Yes. And we so, ran into I'll- that problem at the beginning. Um, people comparing us to Geek Squad and Fire Dog. They're more concerned about the device or the service than they are you. And Where the nerds come yeah. in and they ask you a lot of questions. Like, when did this start? Why do you even have this computer? Why are you on Windows? Wouldn't you be happier with a Mac?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the idea of culture is one thing, but I want to focus, and it kind of relates to something you were alluding to before, Amy, about the membership model. Leah, when you said you want to redirect, is it that you want to fix and then convert them into a member or is there immediately, well, we're actually not in the break-fix model, so fix it, but actually come back to us for something else?
2: So for me, I would rather have them sign up for membership immediately. If they come on board as a break-fix client, those people never become good members. The people that say, I pay somebody to mow my yard, clean my house, do my taxes, you know, watch my finances... This is another aspect of my life that I want to outsource is having someone in my corner to help me navigate these waters of all this cool new technology that's coming at me every day.
1: You're basically pre-qualifying them.
2: Yeah, and I want them to be members. But the reason I say that I want them to be members is my team, all of the nerds that work for me, (laughs) want to do these on-demand clients, which is what we call them. Because they feel like they can get them in the door, show them how awesome we are, and convert them into members. That rarely works out. You solve their problem, they go, oh, well, this works great for me. I'll just stay an on-demand client. Yep. Or you don't solve their problem, and then they walk away mad because they're like, well, you tried to solve yep. it, and then you didn't fix my problem.
0: Yep. But, Leo, you see the rub, right? Like, when, when you have a crisis, and you arrive at a website for a business who wants you to get married before you've dated— You see, that's problematic, right? We need to go out to dinner. We need to have a drink. I need to know that you're not crazy. You know, we want to get to know you. Right. You want people to become members. So that's what you're selling. What they're buying, which is different, is an immediate solution that gets them back on the internet. Correct. So what your nerds are telling you, and this sort of goes to culture, is, boss, I can get these people if you let me go to their house and fix the problem and then convert them to a member. And you're you're saying listen you guys they don't convert. Correct. So what that tells me is the offer for the on demand isn't enticing enough with membership built in, for instance. If there were an introductory package whereby It's on demand and the visit is whatever it is, $169. And then depending on your problem and how long we spend, we estimate it out. Or we have a trial membership for the first three months. It's only this. And the cost of your on-demand fee for us coming gets rolled into that. You're offering a new paradigm for how tech support works because you're a tech partner. You're not a crisis center. You can handle the crisis, but you're trying to get them pre-crisis. Correct. So I think it's a lot to ask to insist that when somebody comes to you, they become a member without some sort of dating period.
2: It almost feels like if I put a value on it, because I'm always concerned about that because you become a commodity and it's a race to the bottom on price.
0: Yep. Yep. I want
2: to speak in terms of value proposition all the time. Thank you. It's like I would rather give away and say, you know what? Hey, I understand you don't want to be a member. Let us just come out and take care of this problem for you because the $80 we would charge to do that as an on-demand client, I would rather not charge you that and just say.
1: That's interesting, actually. That's really interesting.
2: And then you decide if you want to be a member at some point or not because we can't really work with people that aren't members. We, We need this whole profile built for them. We need to have all of this data about who your internet service provider is who your security provider is, your cable TV provider is, like all of this stuff is valuable to us. I respect that. Well,
0: yeah, and that those visits, even though they're loss leaders, they are such an investment in the relationship because you get there, you resolve the problem, and then you say, you got a ring, you have a remote, this isn't talking to each other, I'll do a quick audit, and it's up to
1: you. You know how you just, sometimes you feel like someone is saying oh well we'll just come out there but they're really trying to snag you whereas this is such an opportunity to buy but are are is it being is the offering being presented in a way by those ambassadors because you I believe it from you. I don't know if they have the tools or if it's translating if it's translating.
2: No, they're not equipped. To be able to do this cells kind of function, right? Like they're uncomfortable with it. They're all about empathy. We hire for that. Like they truly care about the the members that they're helping. When when I convince them, it doesn't take much, that you're doing a disservice to the world if you don't tell more people about us. Think about all those sad people out there that yeah. don't have <laughs> you in their lives. And then they feel yeah. a little more comfortable with it. You know, we give them some scripts to work with, but it's just scripts that I've made up. And I'm, I'm not a salesperson. That's not my skill set to convince other people to do something that they don't necessarily want to do on the front end.
0: But Leo, I don't consider myself a salesperson, but I'm a good listener. People that are good listeners are great salespeople because when people feel heard and their situations feel understood, they are inclined to buy. Something Hillary and I say a lot is nobody wants to be sold to, but everybody wants to buy. And right now, the website feels like we're being sold to and like it's a one-way conversation rather than an option in the dialogue. Those people have to be hired not only for empathy, but for a sense of serving the landscape, reading the client, and understanding that membership is the best solution for the customer because it's the best price, it's the most accessible, and they're gonna actually get what they need. But you're creating a new category. People aren't used to thinking like this, and they tend to be suspicious of memberships. Because we all know that for the owner, that creates predictable income. But is it really good for customers? A lot of people have been burned by them. Contracts, you can't get out of them you sign a year long thing and then you're not using it. They're binding, they're not empathetic. So you you don't have that on your side. Right.
2: So we, we did the membership model. The membership model was driven from these people need someone in their life all the time because they have no idea what they have in the first place. Like they need someone just to guide them and the and the world's full of wolves, you know. Uh,
1: it's very true.
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm no. worried about that and there were some competitors out there that were educating people about membership and how awesome it was instead of us just charging forward saying, oh, you need to sign up for a membership. It's going to be great.
1: Here's what I'm thinking. Right now, your website is not doing the heavy lifting. Yeah. Amy, I feel like, and I think this is where you were going to go. When I go to the website, it doesn't feel disruptive to me. I wish that I could go on the website and it just says, do you need a nerd? You have to signal (laughs) that difference. There's such great material there, it almost just needs to be chopped up, edited, and as confident as you are of telling these customers that you'd rather do it for free and then have them see what it is. I wish that same ethos, ethos, thank you, could be. In that website and on these
0: T-shirts, Leo, you're so you're the kind of business owner that's really refreshing to talk to because y- you realize how easy something can be commoditized, right? And right. this kind of race to the bottom idea is so easy for people to fall into, and it becomes a price war, and that's not the business you want to be in, and you know it, right? So check that box for excellent founder and CEO. But I think there's a disconnect with what you want to happen and what customers expect or are looking for as- Definitely. I'm
2: (laughs) always bad about saying, okay, I heard you, but that's not really what you're asking what you want.
0: (laughs) Exactly, and I mean, we're all delusional about something, but the website isn't doing its job in, in plain language. You gotta think about what resistance stands between the company and the customer. And one major thing is you've got a total stranger coming to survey your entire house and technology. That's like more intimate than therapy. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So these guys end up knowing where the bodies are buried.
2: People said the reason they didn't like Geek Squad or Fire Dog is this stranger's coming in and they're seeing my financial data. They're seeing my QuickBooks and my Quicken. They're seeing pictures of my kids. You know, I want that to be someone that I know.
0: That's right. That intimate information can be used to your advantage. The reason we've structured this company as a membership is that we end up learning a lot about you. We know your passwords. This is big stuff, and we don't really believe that somebody who's in the break and fix model is totally trustworthy with that information. Correct. We're your technology partner, and the reason the membership is set up this way is so that you can trust us with your most valuable information and you have us on demand when something goes wrong. We got this today, no charge, but consider having a longer view to this and also what you're giving away by letting people into your house on an on-demand basis.
2: That That is very true. I mean, you hit you hit it exactly. Trust is earned, right? You can't and- grant it. You have to earn that trust. And I think we jumped yeah. ahead to say we save you time and give you peace of mind when that's not the front end experience, right?
0: Right. And this is why the hiring process is so important in that that people be hired for an ability to have an articulate conversation, which is consider longer term relationships with whoever you choose for your technology partner And consider X, Y, Z when you look to hire them. Here's what we look for in our employees. And this is what we recommend you look for too.
1: Now you're an advocate, not a sales guy. And you're demonstrating how you would work with them. The more you can embody that you are delivering peace of mind, the more they actually feel in their bodies, wow, oh, I can take a deep breath. Finally, someone who understands that I'm not an idiot because I don't know how to program my remote because somebody stayed with me for the weekend, they started futzing with it, and now I can't record my show. Right. I mean, that never happened to me, but...
0: (laughs) I mean, if we were going to just quickly sort of fix your tagline, and I don't think this is groundbreaking copy, but it it would be more accurate to say your trusted partner in tech. Yeah. Yeah it's truthful that's what I want so, to be is
2: that advocate for them right yeah. like that caretaker that partner they want to help the member help themselves
0: your whole approach isn't about eking out the margin you told us at the beginning you know what I'd rather just send a guy and and have the the nerd take care of it rather than go through the machinations and that Vision has to come across in all your collateral, especially at your front door, through your website, and it's not coming through. I would have no idea what a thoughtful founder you are had we not had this conversation. I know. When Hillary and I do a longer-term brand engagement with someone, we try to distill the business down to pretty much a word that positions the company internally for why are we different, why does it matter, what do we stand for? And for you, I think it's advocate. Yep. I would love for people to
2: walk away saying, that's what the nerds are. They're my advocate.
0: That's what the nerds are. And I learned something from this person. They were on my side. They educated me about how to find a nerd. Now I don't want any nerd but these nerds. Yep.
2: Right. We, We do like little satisfaction surveys. They go out all the time. They're like, where have you been my whole life? (laughs) You know, it's like, I didn't even know I was looking for you, but now I'm so happy that you're in my life.
1: I just would love to have a social media post of, where have you been all my life? Okay, that really is a true expression of that peace of mind. That is so
2: amazing because I see now, like, the website is saying, um, like, like after you've been with us a year, this is what you'll experience. Also, it's saying, join now which is this call to action that's saying, hey, trust us immediately, just like you trust the other guy. Uh, We're telling you not to do that with anybody else, but trust us.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So the very advice that you're giving is is the
1: high bar that you're setting on the site. Well, and I think that, as it is, is creating a filter that actually isn't the filter that you want.
0: Yeah, you just said you don't want everybody So when people feel chosen, when people feel pre-qualified, and you say, listen, membership isn't for everyone. It's for somebody who really wants a technology partner, not somebody who only calls in a crisis. We like to take a comprehensive view. We want to be there for you at four in the morning when you've got to get on YouTube and do your fitness video and you can't get on.
2: That's amazing. I mean, just in this little bit of time, you guys have gotten it more than anybody else I've ever dealt with. I mean, you guys have already figured out, like, this is who we are and what we're about. That's amazing. Well,
1: the way Amy and I often talk about branding is that it's not a megaphone. It's a magnet. And whatever you do on that website, you're trying to create that pull into you. We've put it in a container for you.
0: So now you're sort of going the right direction. And you wouldn't, I think you would know how to brief an agency or a team. And you would really know what's right for you and what's wrong for you right away. You'd have an allergic reaction. There's an art and a science to getting this right. But I'm really happy we could add some insight and turn on the lights in in this one department because you have such a slam dunk in so many areas of your
1: business. Yes. Well, thank I you. Couldn't agree more.
0: Well, this has been so fun. Will you check back with us uh, in a few months? If you yes, yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll start making
2: changes immediately. I'm all about changes. My, my team knows that, uh, which On is uh, not always a good thing for them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Well, this was delightful. Thank you again for trusting us and for opening up and for being such a good guest and also just for being a great founder out
1: there. It's reassuring. I love hearing this. I love these stories because I can't wait to see where you're going to take this.
2: Well, thank you very much. It was awesome.
1: Thanks, Leo. Thanks, Leo.
0: He is a person who values the lifetime relationship with a person and not just these transactional one-night stands.
1: I think that he just needed somebody to say like, yeah, this is what you focus on. I think when people, when we demystify it for people. Yeah. A lot
0: of branding and marketing professionals are based in a tactical mindset. It's like, how can we execute? How can we get you out there? How can we build visibility? But there are so many steps before that. And as in a lot of agencies, they don't think they can actually charge for it because nobody wants to pay for strategy. But I feel
1: like with him, the strategy actually unlocked the door. So I love that he said he's going to be updating the website. And I also loved how he wanted that website as a filter to reject all the people that really are not his people. A lot of people are not that bold or savvy. That's so good. So that's it for us today. I
0: hope you got some good takeaways from our chat. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, hit us up at hello at thebrandsmithspod.com.
1: We're also on Instagram at thebrandsmithspod, where you can see our guests and find out more about what's coming up on the show. You can also ask Alexa or Siri or whomever is in your device. Find me, the Brandsmiths podcast.
0: Thanks to our producer, Carl T. Wright, with music by Daryl Smith and Carl Burnett.
1: I'm Hillary. I'm Amy. See you next time.